All right, welcome back, everyone, to the next episode of Can We Kick It? I'm your host, Mike Corio, along with my good friend, Chuck German. Hey, hey. How's it been going, Chuck? Good, man. Uh, it's, you know, had a good weekend. It was in uh, Baton Rouge. Oh, nice, yeah. Watching Dylan compete at LSU. Then we went to New Orleans, saw the Chewbacca's crew parade, which was awesome. Ran a half marathon on Sunday in New Orleans. I don't know how you run, man. I, I just run all those marathons. It kills me to watch you do that. Well, I just kind of put one foot in front of the other <laughs> and then like go like this, pump my arms. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it, it just became a routine during COVID. So it's it's easy now. It was really hard at the beginning. But nice. had a good run. Uh, Blanca did the 10K. I did the half. Nice. We bought four king cakes to bring back and... That's all we've been eating since we got back on Sunday night. So, all in all, a good week. Good weekend. Great weekend. Love Louisiana. Great people. Great food. I like going to Baton Rouge. You know, I like to go over there to gamble every now and then. You know, go to the boats. But, uh, you know, I love Cajun food. I don't know about you. Gumbo, crawfish, all that stuff. You can't beat it. Uh, favorite restaurant in, in Baton Rouge is called Elsie's Plate and Pie. Yeah. And the seafood is fantastic. Went there, went there when I went there for work in December. It just can't be beaten. Of course, New Orleans. I don't think I've ever had a bad meal. Oh yeah, I don't think I have either. The food is the food. The people. Nothing wrong there. So nope. What How uh, was your weekend? That was good. What'd yeah, it was. Uh, I hung out with family mostly. You know, it was my grandfather's ninetieth birthday, and oh, so wow. got to spend time with him and took him out to dinner, and it was a good time to just see family and, and hang out. And and you know, my sister was there, and Jackie went with us, and. It was just a good time to, to relax and have some Mexican food as we did. But uh, Nice. I haven't had Mexican food in a while. It's been chicken and vegetables and Cajun eat, food. Eating so, healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get a nice old like plate of three cheese enchiladas. Oh, yeah, dude. Or quesadillas. Yeah. Can't, can't, yeah, I've been I've been on a burrito kick. You know, I think the last three times I've had Mexican food, I've just had a burrito nice. with ground beef. But well, that's good, man. You know, it's good you're running and, and eating better. But I, I think with the Super Bowl coming up, it's just going to get worse with the food. You know, I think when the Super Bowl hits, I just go all out on, you know, nosh and yeah, nachos and all that kind of stuff. Go to a party. Yeah. Have a nice bread. Yeah. I generally don't like to go to Super Bowl parties. Yeah, same here. Because I want to watch people. the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you never watch the game. I used to host Super Bowl parties, and then the game would be over, and I'm cleaning up everything, yeah. and I had no idea what happened. No. Yeah. Oh, that was the final score? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. It's better to go, to either go to someone's house and leave at halftime than come Definitely. watch the second half of the game. Yeah. As long as it's not a blowout, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, so uh, it's, yeah, it's, speaking of Super Bowl, what do you think of uh, Lovey Smith getting hired by the Texans? I think it's going to be more of the same. I'm going to be honest with you. I think, I think Lovey Smith, you know, he didn't do a lot of Chicago. Now, he had that quarterback. Sexy Rexy. In uh, Chicago, Rex Grossman yeah. was in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is who I'm bit, thinking yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they just never did a lot. I, I think the Texans are just biding their time, and I, I think they're just trying to get through the years of trash that they became from the they're, Bill they're O'Brien years. They're definitely setting it up for Josh McCown, I think, at oh, some yeah. point, who they really wanted to hire. I like Lovey. I just don't think the process they went through to mm-hmm. get there – was they didn't end up where they intended to go. No, I mean, they yeah. were trying to hire Flores or McCown, I think, and then 
it didn't work out. Flores' lawsuit against the NFL, then yep. it kind of left them in a position. They said, well, we have Lovey on staff already. And then I thought he did a good job with the defense. I think he's a good coach. It's just there's so many good young coaches out there mm-hmm. that it makes no sense to keep doing retreads. Even though I think he'll be all right, but he's only going to be in there a couple of years, and then they're going to hand the reins over to to McCown or even uh, maybe Pep uh, for Pep Hamilton, yeah, the offense coordinator. Now I think that'll be a good fit. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's a dumpster fire. Like oh, for it sure. Is, so yeah, instead of going to you know college and getting you know a, a first time NFL coach. You know, Lincoln Riley, you know, who's now at USC from Oklahoma. Just going with some fresh ideas, but I don't think the front office wants to do that. No, they want their the Patriot way, right? Yep. They're, the way they're used to doing things. Even you look at the the coaches from the the conference finals, Sean McVay in his 30s, mm-hmm. Shanahan in his 30s for the Niners, Bengals coach, uh, I forget his name, I think he's in his 30s or maybe early 40s. Yeah. And then... Uh, well, Andy Reid. So we'll throw that out for the Chiefs. I love Andy Reid. I but, love to watch him on the sideline with his Denny's menu. You know, it's, it's like... <laughs> is it IHOP or Denny's? Yeah, it's got it, it's oh, one of the two. It's just humongous, nice you know. laminated, yeah. like, size of a table. It's got a thousand specials on it, but... Uh, but you see, the trend is going towards younger it is. coaches and fresher ideas. Yeah. I think that's... The Texans missed out yeah. on it, but... I almost... it's They're too trash to really do anything i think with a innovative head coach yep it may just waste them i think so yeah but it's a tough spot you know for the texans and for texans fans but a place we haven't gone yet as texans is a super bowl right and so talking about the super bowl who's your pick because it's coming up it's on sunday i'm going with uh jb9 baby yeah you're going Bengals. Bengals. i think Bengals. uh 24 17. Whoa. 24 21, maybe. Nice. He's a winner. I think. I don't know. You can't go wrong with uh, Joe Burrow. No, I I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's going to be the counter to Pat Mahomes at Kansas City for a yeah. long time. It'll be like the, the Manning Brady rivalry. They'll try to build it like that. But I want the Bengals to win and I want Joe Burrow to win because that guy's unbelievable. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, I'm calling the Rams right now by three. Ooh. Yeah, I think Matt Stafford been around a long time. Yeah. I think it's gonna be it's everybody wants the Bengals to win. Everybody's talking about Joe yeah. Burrow, and I'm telling you, the table's gonna flip, and the Rams are gonna win by three. And That's they, just my thought. They brought in Stafford for this mm-hmm. because they lost the Super Bowl with Golf. Was it? No, it was two years ago, and they brought in Stafford. Yeah, to get them over the hump and got them. I think he can do it. He has the experience. Good old Texas boy. I think he's from Austin. Uh, but it's gonna. The good thing is, like the playoffs that we were super exciting. It's the first time I watched full NFL games. Oh yeah. Besides when we went to the Texans game this year, <laughs> yeah. when there was five thousand people in the stands, yeah. which four thousand nine hundred of them were, were Jets fans. Yeah. yeah. And even then, we just stood up and ate nachos for like an entire quarter outside yeah. of the, outside <laughs> the whole third of the, quarter. We were watching it on the TV yeah. when we were at the game. Yeah. yeah. So it's. It's uh, crazy, but I mean, it should be a good game. Hopefully, it it is. It's good to see fresh teams and things in the Super Bowl. Um, so it, it'll be exciting. So I think one thing that Texan 
Texans and Cowboys fans will not con- continue to see his Super Bowl appearance. So, oh yeah, uh, I think there was a joke I saw that uh, they should just alternate the hosting the Super Bowl between Houston and Dallas because <laughs> neither one of them will ever make it. So it'll always be a neutral site. Two, yeah, te- last two teams in the, in the Super Bowl were home teams: Tampa and then Tom Brady, uh, TB12, uh, in now LA playing in. SoFi Stadium. Yeah. You know, so... Which, that looks like a nice stadium, just from the yeah. pictures I saw. It looks oh, really yeah. great. And Very if the, L.A. Yeah, right, yeah. If 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 the playoffs were anything and uh, how great they were and they came down to the last couple of minutes and then, the you know, the last game went to overtime, I really think the Super Bowl could be a really great game. Yeah, that'd so, be great. Yeah. So I think now we've talked a lot of football. Yeah. But I got a question for you. Yeah, man. Can we kick it? Let's kick it, man. Sweet. So I think, you know, first thing we're going to talk about today in the TV world is the different streaming services that are out there. So there's so many streaming services to choose from. There's some smaller ones. We're not going to touch on some smaller ones. Mm -hmm. Like there's seemingly a million anime ones like Crunchyroll and Funimation. We kind of narrowed it down to what we consider the eight main streaming services. So we wanted to discuss them, kind of rank them. We have some awards and just some overall commentary on the different streaming service options that are out there. I found trying to rank these, Mike, was super hard for me. I found it actually pretty easy. Did you? Yeah, unusually easy, yeah. I did at first, so I, I, when I initially wrote them down, I was like, oh, this is easy. And then I started listing shows Ooh, yeah. from each one. Yeah. And then I started messing with my head. And I think I think it's something that's always evolving, but I think we should start maybe we go through we start eight to one mm-hmm. and then then we'll give the awards. So what what's your eighth ranked streaming service well i think my eighth rate is uh disney plus oh interesting yeah i went real low what's what's yours so my eighth is amazon prime really yeah i i just i find that i don't go to that very often and when i i mean i have amazon fire tv so Mm -hmm. all the amazon stuff is there yeah and occasionally a movie or show will pop up and really i've i've watched some ultra running documentaries on amazon prime yeah and but i haven't really watched too many shows i did there was a show with um sandra bullock and it was done by uh the creator mr robot sam esmail i can't remember what it's called but we watched that series i think there was one or two seasons but i haven't really watched too much tv maybe like an old movie or old comedy or something every once in a while um, i think the but, selection of tv shows right now is just not great for amazon and i think that's why they're pretty yeah. low and but they put out a lot of movies like they like the tender bar with the ben affleck yeah. watched some of that i never made it all the way through but that was pretty good i think they're putting out more movies and tv shows yeah i think so i mean you know amazon has you know jack ryan 
and uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel. I, I think they have some good selections. They're just their content isn't there yet for TVs. Yeah. For TV oh shows. yeah, you like Marvel. Uh, oh, Maisel. love Marvelous yeah, Miss yeah. Maisel. Yeah, Luke Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. He he plays uh, Lenny Bruce. Unbelievable oh, performance. Nice. Yeah. And so I had Disney Plus at five. Interesting. And I think my reasoning for that, for me, is all the Star Wars stuff, which I never was a Star Wars person, but mm-hmm. after uh, Mando, start watching that. But Boba Fett, Mandalorian, which Boba Fett has become incredible mm. since the Mandalorian. It's become a Trojan horse show for the Mandalorian. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. So, and last episode. We hadn't watched today's, the previous one. There's also another surprise, and mm. then apparently today's builds on that, so I won't go nice. into that. Uh, Dylan called me to tell me he was right about a prediction that <laughs> from the previous episode. So yeah. it was, um, I think that, and plus, like, for me, Hamilton's on there, so I've watched the musical Hamilton a million times. Mm. So I think, I think it's some of the old... Disney movies the that my kids used to watch and I used to watch like growing up and stuff. So I think maybe it's some sentimental value and the attachment sure. to the Disney brand in in general and the Star Wars, the Filoni verse uh, with with uh, the the new Star Wars content and stuff. So yeah, that's my kind of reasoning. What do you got for number seven? Uh, for number seven, I have Paramount. I don't go to Paramount all that Ooh. often. Yeah, wow. I we're, see I, we're gonna be way you know yeah. we. We almost have the same brain sometimes, but on the streaming services, we're we're gonna be. Which is funny because you you put Disney Plus at five for you, yeah, right, and I have Amazon at five for me, so we flip flopped eight and five, yeah. So it'd be really strange if we flip flop like the two. I had, I have, uh, Peacock at seven, and so do you have Peacock at two? No. no. <laughs> we ended two of you. We're, we're shutting the podcast down, yeah, right. and we're just we're leaving. If, yeah. if, if it was flip flop again, what do you have? Paramount plus a seven. I don't go to Paramount all that often. I, yeah. I think they have some more content coming that I think puts them personally for me above Disney Plus. But yeah. you know, the offer is coming on on Paramount, which is about the Godfather and how they made the Godfather. But yeah. you know, I, I don't go to Par- Paramount all that often, but it, it's up there. So I have Paramount Plus at number two. Wow. And, and the reason why, for me, is two reasons. So it's very symmetrical. 1883 mm. and NFL games. Oh, yeah, that's true. They do have live sports. Because <laughs> it, I don't have cable, and I'm not smart enough to figure out how to put an antenna to get CBS. <laughs> so that's where I watch Texans and then AFC football games. That's true. But... And, and they also have, you said, the offer that's going to come out with Miles Teller about the Godfather saga. Yep. And then Mayor of Kingstown with Jeremy Renner. Which that's right. I still need to watch, uh, dig into the Renner-verse a little, bit, a little bit there. But the main reason I ranked so high is 1883. I, I'm in love with this show. It's, it's not, you and I were discussing off air, it's not a typical show I watch. It's yeah. a Western romance told in a third person by the main character hmm. like the voiceover narr- uh, narrator type tv show yeah but it's i mean it's got sam elliott tim like mcgraw him. and faith hill do a really good job yeah the 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 daughter elsie i don't remember the actress's name but she's 
amazing and it's so beautiful to watch them go from Texas to the Oregon Trail and it's a prequel to Yellowstone the Taylor Sheridan show which and I'm still not going to watch Yellowstone I, was saying, I know you're all about Yellowstone right yeah 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 I'm still not going to watch it maybe one day <laughs> maybe after 1883 leads to that point yeah but if Yellowstone's like 1883 I'm going to have to watch it just because it's such a wonderful show but I'll let I'll let it die down because people talk about it too much yeah <laughs> so I generally get turned away by shows that people are just raving about yeah. at the time and then I'll, I'll go back and watch and be like yeah it was a pretty good show but yeah. I'm not there yet with Yellowstone but yeah what about uh, what do you have for uh, we're at what number six number six I have Apple TV really what do you have Apple TV at I have Apple TV at four uh, it's on the same same ballpark this, the, the, this was a tough one because Apple TV it's probably the last one I click on but it has Ted Lasso which oh, yeah. is one of my favorite shows number one show yeah it has the morning show which I watched season one mm-hmm. haven't watched season two yet it's Steve Carell Jennifer Aniston yep you know, based off kind of the NBC Matt, Matt Lauer. Lauer. Yeah. Uh, really good show. Foundations, I haven't watched, but I'm... It's a slow trying. burn. Yeah, they're, they're still trying to figure out what they want to do with that show, but it, it'll be good. And there's a show on there called Servant by M. Night Shyamalan, which now has a third season. I watched the first two seasons. It's a horror show. It's mm. horrifying <laughs> and fantastic all at the same time. I can't even... It, talk about it because it would ruin the whole show <laughs> but anybody who likes horror and like M. Night Shyamalan kind of movies it's a great show so this was a tough one because I could literally have Apple TV at 2 mm. or 3 and it may come up in the awards that we're going to do Interesting. On mine. Yeah. but and it's like four ninety nine a month or oh it's five, cheap yeah. yeah, it's it's a cheap one, and they've got good. I mean, of course, like you have Apple TV and Amazon Prime that supplement their their uh, media network off of their base model of mm-hmm. you know Amazon controlling the world, yeah, and globalization of products and shipping, and then Apple with their phones and technology and all that stuff. So, yep. I think you know that's what I have. What did you have at number six? Yeah. Numbers because I had Peacock. Peacock. Yeah. I like Peacock because it's it's got some of the older shows that I enjoy. You know, everybody loves Raymond and yeah. and uh King of Queens, you know. I really enjoy some of the early two thousands, late nineties shows like that. Yeah, and that's what I honestly and this is where it depends if we put different categories around everything, <laughs> yeah. you could all of these could be number one in a category. It's true, yeah. I watch Peacock at night on my phone when I go to sleep. I put on an episode of The Office or Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. So that's where I watch those two shows, which I watch all the time. So I'm watching Peacock almost every day. Oh, yeah. Now that Netflix doesn't carry The Office yeah. or, or Parks and Rec, yeah. Netflix, Peacock is the go-to yeah. for that. That's that's where I watch Netflix. I watch Parks and Rec and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and Office on Netflix all the time. Yep. So now that's why Peacock gets a lot of play. And then Resident Alien that I'm in season two on, um, which is it's such a great show that no one will ever watch or probably have as much fun as I do watching it. Yeah. <laughs> so 
but that's also on Peacock in the Sci-Fi Network. But I watch on the Peacock app. Yeah. What do you have at number five? At number five, I had Amazon Prime, and I think we dipped into that a little oh, yeah. bit. Yeah, but uh, I had Hulu at five. Hulu, really? Yeah. yeah. See, Hulu's up there for me. Yeah. Hulu is one of my go-to's, but we'll get into the go-to's here yeah, in a minute. Okay. But uh, Hulu's up there. Yeah, and I like Hulu for me. I think I have this seven-dollar Hulu with the ads, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the negatives when I stream, like say Paramount or Peacock or Hulu. Yeah, is the ads? I could pay more mm-hmm. to get rid of the ads, obviously with Hulu. But I find I don't go there as much. But when I seek out certain shows, like you talked about, or with uh, been hearing about the Pam and uh, Tommy. Oh, Pam and Tommy on Hulu, um, which we could spend a lot of time. Crazy funny man. And that you started watching it. Yeah, Seth Rogen and uh, Nick Offerman, hilarious. On top of Sebastian Stan and. uh, uh, I heard Jason Manzukas makes a special voiceover appearance, he, but he we, does. He's in about five minutes of one episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. But Jason Manzukas, uh, Dennis Feinstein, the perfume guy from uh, Parks and Rec, yeah. and then um, American Horror Story. That's where, which is weird. I'm also not a horror genre fan, but yeah. I like I like mental stress hmm. kind of horror. So. American Horror Story, I watched all the seasons on there. So, I mean, Hulu's got really good... We watched Nine Perfect Strangers on there, which was a book which Nicole Kidman was really good. <clears throat> Had a Bobby Cannavale from Mr. Robot and um, Melissa McCarthy. It had uh, good actors. It was a really good show. So, that was hard, and, and I think... Almost any on any given day or week, any of these eight could switch around. Right? Oh, for sure, yeah. And so that was what number? That was my five. What do you have for four? Uh, four Apple TV, and I put it so high because it's Ted Lasso. I mean, my God, yeah, that show got me through twenty twenty. Just saying. It, and I have I have Oz or uh, Netflix. Go <laughs> Ozark. It's the Ozark Network. <laughs> it's the Ozark Network. I have Netflix at four. I honestly, I think my bottom. Oh, actually, you know what? I have uh, Disney, Disney Plus at five. I have a Hulu at three. So, oh, okay, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, we're not I far off there. I have different numbers written yeah. there, and I got my last column getting confused. <laughs> yeah. But I had Netflix at four. So, I mean, Hulu, I think for me, besides my number one, mm-hmm. any of the two to eight can switch on any given day. I have a feeling we have the same number one. We uh, haven't seen each other's rankings, but I got a feeling we have the same sure number one. I'm pretty sure we do, because I... This is easily the clear cut number one. Yeah, uh, but give me your top three, and yeah. and give me your reasons why, and then I'll give you my top three. All right, so my top three. So I have Hulu, which we talked about Hulu already. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two is Paramount Plus, which we talked about mm-hmm. is my love of eighteen eighty three. Yeah, that's swinging you. Yeah, yeah, and then number one HBO Max. Yeah, and I think that's by far and away. You know, Game of Thrones, Westworld, uh, Righteous Gemstones, Station Eleven, Eastbound and Down, White Lotus, The Matrix, uh, movies being released when the day of that at the theater. Yeah, I, I, there's the content you stuff I don't even watch. Euphoria, um, 
there's a some new shows coming out as well. Mm-hmm. Station Eleven. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned that word earlier, yeah. but Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Yeah, which was a reboot. Vice Unbelievable. Principles. Yeah. Anything with Walton Goggins. Yeah, anything and, with that. Danny McBride <laughs> yeah. in it. The the Showtime the Lakers that's coming out with. Um, that's right. With uh, the dude from Step Brothers playing. Yeah, John uh, C. Riley. Yeah, John C. Riley. Yeah. That caused a rift between Adam McKay. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley because Will Ferrell wanted that role. Wow. Yeah, so that, that'll be a good one to watch. It's Adam McKay, which is interesting going to, oh, Succession. I mean, right now, Succession. Oh, yeah, Succession. The best <laughs> show ever yeah. in the world. Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, and Adam McKay and Will Ferrell was split up because of the. Wow. Because he wanted to play that, and Adam McKay cast like his doppelganger in yeah. John C. Riley. So. His, his straight man. Yeah. yeah. His straight man. Yeah. So I think, uh, I mean, I think. The easiest one on the list was HBO Max. Oh, yeah. And actually, HBO Max and Paramount Plus were the only two that I had in the same order the multiple times I went through it. Yeah. But to be fair, I watched two episodes of 1883 on Sunday night, and they were probably the best two episodes. It was nice. the last two. Yeah. Uh, it comes out on Sunday night, so I was like goo-goo over the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Little recent content bias, yeah. Probably Friday, I may... <laughs> Resident Alley comes out. Or <laughs> I may move Peacock up to number two. I yeah, mean, who knows? But what are your top three? Yeah, I think I, I think we're pretty close. But you know, I have Netflix at number three, and I I think Netflix has made a comeback. Personally, for me, I was a big House of Cards fan when Netflix first started, and then there was uh, Orange Is the New Black, and and they just did Squid Game. Oh, this is the first Squid time we've Game, mentioned Squid yeah. Game. You know, that was unbelievable, and watching it in the original language, and that, that was just amazing. The Squid Game alone. Gets you in the top. Oh yeah, four. It's and, it's rebranded Netflix to this international, yeah, just powerhouse of a streaming platform. Because now there's all these other shows for from the Korean film industry, yeah. you know, that are just flooding the market. Well, that's like I mean, Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. I watched on Netflix. There's other. There's a couple like British crime dramas I've watched, and Ahua. I forgot. Um, the show called Letter Kenny, which is a Canadian oh, expert, dude. Jared Kiso. Yeah. And that's the, kind of the same thing that Hulu does as well, but Netflix does it better than anybody. The mm-hmm. inter- internationalization, the globalization of their their offering. And I think that's what they're trying to do is, you know, there were, I was listening somewhere, it may have been on The Watch or something, but they were talking about what happened, like for the next World Cup that has. Uh, the soccer world cup as broadcasting rights available could a streaming service oh yeah do that like a netflix yeah with all these different countries how how could you get it you know could could a streaming a streamer broadcast like exclusively the world cup oh i think they can and i think they will i think at some point at you some know point, yeah you it know definitely th- happen. they're connecting with nbc and cbs and all the stuff to do you know streaming of football and college football yeah. and pro football and i think at some point somebody's going to make the Even investment amazon. i mean amazon yeah. with the uh thursday night football right uh, i watch it on my amazon tv yeah and you can and also watch it on yahoo right amazon... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got shipped on all the amazon boxes yeah i also have netflix pretty high uh, at number three it has seinfeld Ooh, seinfeld yeah. used to be on hulu and then netflix paid a hundred million dollars or whatever crazy. it was for seinfeld so in that same conversation 
Netflix will wind up paying $100 million for exclusive rights to the World Cup or yeah. or whatever it is. It's going to happen at some point. Somebody's going to snatch it, and then it's going to start this whole yeah. rush to, to buy up sports programming. Yeah. yeah. What's your number two? At number two, I had Hulu. And we talked yeah. about Hulu yeah. and, and the new content, <laughs> uh, Pam and Tommy, and, and the craziness that that show is. But, uh, you know, and then my number one, obviously, we talked about is HBO Max. They just bring this n- different level of content that has incredible depth and and things you don't expect with Succession and Westworld and each one of those shows is you're just waiting for the turn and then it happens and it blows your mind you know Game of Thrones was unbelievable Perry Mason mm-hmm. HBO is my number one go to yeah that's you know, the first one I go to crank up the TV boom HBO Max on top of they have friends <laughs> yeah see I never watched one episode of Friends oh dude it's great yeah that's <laughs> I may be one of the only people in my age group that uh, has not yeah but I never really got into Friends, so it's funny, man. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, there's like seven or eight seasons, and it was it rolled through the '90s with crazy money. Each I think each person made a million dollars an episode, and they all worked together to get that. But yeah. it used to be on Netflix, and now it's on HBO Max because of uh, the 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 transition. Almighty but, dollar. That's right. So uh, yeah. yeah, HBO Max, unbelievable. Yeah, I wonder how. I mean, with streaming services, eventually, I mean, there's a there is a finite market, so mm-hmm. at some point, I mean, we start to see lately. I think Netflix had a, um, their their, I think uh, last quarter financials was down. This, I mean, the stock market's been bad, but oh sure, yeah. I think even as successful, a lot of these are set up to, they're hemorrhage money. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting to see how the future. For like an Apple and an Amazon that are, that's not their main core business, but they throw billions of dollars. Oh yeah, how that translates as a, a revenue generator in mm-hmm. the future. You know, I think it's more, it's more bring people to the brand yeah. for them versus yeah. an HBO Max, which is content. And, yeah, um, producing right top of top of the line content so yeah. be interesting to see like if there'll be any mergers any buyouts any it's hard because they're even hbo max they're releasing stuff from universal from mm-hmm. from paramount from there are so many cross pollinations yeah. that at some point you know a peacock or a hulu or paramount maybe just get swallowed up by by somebody even Back to Netflix, or I think HBO Max is going to be the big one because they're already. I think they're going to be the number one for a long time, but I mean that maybe will buy this because that's the first one I go to. Oh sure, I think that's a fair point. I think that a merger is going to happen at some point. I mean the market yeah. is just saturated with streaming networks. I mean you mentioned Crackle yeah. and all these other ones, right? When yeah. we were talking about how to rank them, but there's going to be a merger at some point with the kind of money that Apple plays with. And Amazon plays with you know Jeff Bezos and all these people. They're going to wind up buying Netflix. He, Bezos could not go like to the moon or <laughs> yeah. send a rocket into space and buy buy one of the other streaming. Services. Oh yeah, it's it's going to happen. Yeah, maybe after his next divorce. Oh for sure. <laughs> so I think, but yeah, I it's... I I think with you know talking about the saturation of the mergers with. Netflix was like the first streaming platform, right? And we don't yeah. have to get into this too much, but it was just a thought. They were the first ones through the wall. Yeah, for sure. 
I think that they're going to be one of the first ones to get bought up by somebody. Personally, I mean their their market space until recently with Squid Game, yeah, has been shrinking. Yeah, and now I think they're trying to gain some of it back. They'll get a little bit of value, and then Apple's going to come along and be like, "Cool, ten billion dollars." And the first, you know, actually, so considering them like the first to market, in theory, I would say that Blockbuster was actually before Netflix True. because they. They both kind of at the same time came out with the mailing. Yeah, the yeah the, the DVD the movie double, by mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the first one. I I actually had Blockbusters before I had Netflix. Oh yeah, but the thing was, Blockbuster was a slow moving mm-hmm. ship and had all this um, storefront that ties up capital yeah things like that that about a hundred million physical vhs copies and dvd copies so it as technology improved and and people started streaming it it just it just killed it and there's the what one blockbuster left in bend (laughs) my blockbuster stock this year has not done well (laughs) (laughs) so i think i mean it's it's so what do you have? So I, I have like three awards that, mm. that I wanted to, to throw out there. So yep. I, I kind of did one for content, for value, and for a streaming service on the rise. So for me, I had content was HBO Max. Yeah. I had the same HBO Max. And, and we discussed that at length. Value, I had actually a tie. It was hard for me to decide. Mm-hmm. But Apple TV... And Peacock, so like for value, I looked at the cost. You know, both are four or five bucks, mm-hmm. and they actually have a lot of good content if you take time to dig through. And Peacock has all the old, a lot of NBC, as we mentioned, Office and Parks and Rec. So I would pay five bucks a month just to watch those two shows, which I pretty much do. <laughs> yeah. Besides Resident, that's Alien. all you watch. Yeah, that Resident Alien. Yeah. What do you have for value? Hey, honestly, I had Hulu at best value. You know. Yeah, that's a great value, too. It, yeah, they have sure. new shows that they're producing, right? Their production studio, Pam and Tommy, as we've already talked about. But they have live shows, right? I enjoy watching The Rookie with Nathan Fillion yeah. from Castle, and, and I think it was Firefly back in the day. You know, you get some access to some, you know, shows that are on TV now, as well as their own production company. So I, I think there's some value in, in what I pay for from them. It, and just going back to Peacock on the value side... There's actually I don't know if did you ever watch MacGruber the movie with the was it is it Will it, no. is it, it's Will Forte I Will think. Forte yeah. yeah and Ryan Philippe there's a MacGruber series now on Peacock yeah I've got to watch it I keep seeing I was like is this a movie but no it's a series oh my I gosh mean, I haven't seen the I've seen yeah. clips of the movie okay I love Will I'm a new fan of Will Forte yeah. in the last like year just listen to some of his you know podcasts and things like that. So I need to go back and watch it. The movie's great. Yeah, it looks hilarious. I'm going to start watching. When I stop watching some of this stuff that we're talking about, (laughs) I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah, you got to add it to the queue and then just work down to it. So I think um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to speak about Ozark Season 4, Episodes 2 and 3. Hey, folks. Chuck here. USA Ninja Challenge Webster will be offering a President's Day camp on February 21st from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Three full hours of exercise, ninja obstacle courses, games, and fun. 
Sign up today at www.ninjawebster.com camps before all the spots are filled up. Can't make the President's Day camp? No worries. USA Ninja Challenge Webster will have more upcoming camps for spring break and summer. We also offer weekly after-school ninja classes. Check out our website for more information. So this week we're talking about Ozark Season 4, Episodes 2 and 3. So we start off in Episode 2 with Ruth at a, I guess, pawn shop kind of thing. Vintage market kind vintage, of deal. Yeah, yeah, you know about the vintage market. A little bit, a little bit. So yeah. we can discuss that in another episode. <laughs> and she buys a... It took me on the second watch to really get what she was buying. She bought a goat cookie jar. Yeah. And I'm watching going, why is she buying a, co- a goat cookie jar? Um, and it was interesting to see later on in the episode that she put, you, you don't see it, but she puts Ben's ashes in mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And she's talking to him as like he's the goat. You right. know, I wonder what the <laughs> symbolism is with the goat cookie jar and Ben. I wonder if it's somewhat like he has a face again. Because he was just in that box, right? Yeah. But also look at it from somewhat... I don't, they didn't it's really dive goats into... Goats are kind of crazy. They jump on top of cars. They yeah. They kick people. I don't know. I was wondering if they were also trying to take... They, you know, they never went into the theological aspect yeah. of it, but like reincarnation. Like, yeah. you know, now he's a goat, kind of. But it's a cookie jar, of course. But yeah. yeah. I was thinking along those lines when I watched it. And obviously, Wendy just kept him in a box. And yeah. the first opening of episode two, she's at like this antique mall, picking out, trying to find the right urn for him. And yeah. he just want to be in this weird looking yeah. goat jar. It probably fits, you know, his his character for sure. And another thing I saw that it reminded me at the end of last week, we were talking about when the sheriff was killed and went missing. As soon as I saw the sheriff billboard, I'm like, I think Mike said... They're going to notice a missing sheriff. (laughs) They definitely do. Yep. Uh, So, going back to to Ruth and the Ashes for a Mm -hmm. minute. Mm -hmm. Wendy finds out this episode that Jonah gave Ben's ashes to Ruth, which leads us to Wendy confronting Ruth at the trailer over the ashes. Oh, yeah. I love Ruth comes out with a shotgun. Oh, yeah. It's like get off my get off my lair like the Clint Eastwood Gran Torino get off get off my property kind of. Uh, I think there's a good tension between them in the show and in this interaction. I mean, just watching Laura Linney's face, Wendy's face, and I'm wondering, you know, is it all? Is she genuinely emotional about what happened to her brother, or is she just is emotional that someone else is mourning him more than more than her? Because, like you mentioned, she had the ashes in a box, like tucked up in a like cabinet. Yeah, like on the top shelf, you couldn't even see it, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, she had her brother killed. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. No matter how much you love, yeah. you love somebody. You can't build a statue and put his ashes at the bottom. You can't, you know, yeah. <laughs> can't make it public. But and it's a good point. I mean, she she seems. I mean, she obviously struggled with it at the end of season three. But you know, she has this very unusual relationship with Ruth that's not motherly. It's very antagonistic, and 
you know, sees Ruth as Ruth oversteps her boundaries a lot. Yeah. And Wendy is always the one just parking her ass backwards. Yeah. And I think Wendy does that with everybody. Yeah. If they step out of line with what she expects or she wants them to do, she goes hard at her. Yeah. She's and, definitely more the enforcer than uh, than Marty is. Yeah. You know, she's she, when push comes to shove, Wendy's not afraid to take take that next step. That's very true. I mean, and just going in confronting her and from confronting Ruth in her own style. She didn't even change. She just went ahead and got the van and, yeah. and, and just ran over there. Yeah. She just gets out and all huffy puffy. <laughs> yeah. Just starts going hard, you know. So I think it'll be interesting as we go through the season the tension between them. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're on warring factions now with with different interests between the Snells and the Navarro cartel. Yep. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, it, Wendy was super ruthless. Her basically saying Ben loved crazy women and he would have he, he would have been done with you at some point. And Not if you killed him first. There you go. Oh, That's man. what I was looking for. Yeah. When, when when Ruth cracked back at that, I just, I pretty much jumped out of my chair. I was like, <laughs> it was go, two heavyweights girl. going after it. Yeah, they were toe to toe with that whole exchange. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's two strong characters, two, two smart and ruthless characters, which, you know, which they need to be in this world. Do you ever find yourself just talking about Ruth? Do you ever find yourself just at one moment just loving what she brings to the show? Yeah. And then the next moment you're just like, come on Ruth like you know better than that like she drives me crazy and sometimes I just love her character she's probably my favorite character because mm. she's the most unlike me as a person mm. I her and Wendy just because they're both super strong confident decisive and not afraid to burn bridges yeah yeah I'm more of a Marty character <laughs> of <laughs> analytical like oh let's settle everything down we, yeah we all can work this out you know and so i think i identify i'm a marty if we go through you know what character are you <laughs> yeah. i wish i was a jonah because apparently he's a genius apparently we talk we'll talk about it in, in episode three yeah but i think we'll i think I, i'm the same boat with you you know you see ruth like man she's she does some really smart things, and then her emotions will get yeah. the best of her. And same with Wendy. And they're some of the things they do is it out of retaliation mm-hmm. for what the other the other people are doing. Yeah. So I think it's, it's that's a good question. One last thing about Ruth, which before we keep going, I, I love you talked about emotions, and Ruth really wears them on her sleeve. Yeah. And when she does, and it's her tell. It's when her eyes start to flutter. Yeah. It, it, when somebody's gotten through her armor and it yeah. really hurts, she just her eye, eyelids just start to flutter, and it's like, oh, man, she took that one to heart. Yeah. And there's going to be some payback for it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the same with Wendy and all her interactions with Jonah mm-hmm. through this episode and the next. Just the way her face moves. It's not even really her <laughs> eyes. Yeah. She wears it so outwardly. Yep. It's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah to be able to wear your emotions like that. Yep. 
we get introduced to the new sheriff in town after the missing sheriff. Yep. Yeah, there's been a little bit of time jump since yeah. since Sheriff Nix has gone missing, right? There's now billboards up, and there's a new sheriff in town from a, how, another how much county. How time do you think we've jumped, though? Oh, two weeks you think? at okay. max, yeah. yeah Just enough time to get weeks. a billboard up, you know, because yeah. Sheriff does, you know, goes you've missing. Gotta it's not gonna you've got to put a PO, you've got to design the ad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. You can't get that done in a couple of days. No, yeah, I, th- I think we're only talking a couple of weeks jump but between then uh, when we last saw Sheriff Nix's body, but... Uh, yeah, he's officially missing, and now there's this new sheriff, and obviously, you know, Darlene comes, you know, knocking, because Nix was her, her go-to guy for, you know, keeping the cops at bay, and and now she's testing the waters, right? She's yeah. wanting to see what she can get away with. Yeah, and that's, um, we had Darlene and Mel meeting with the new sheriff, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting, new sheriff's in town, everybody's trying to... <laughs> to put their influence on and I think Mel actually had a more influence Mel the most yeah. annoying private investigator in the world he's trying to get a signature yeah no mention the signatures this episode <laughs> but he meets with the sheriff and gets gets some inroads in with the the new sheriff covering the two counties mm-hmm. Darlene not so much basically tells Darlene yeah no I'm not I'm not like Sheriff Nix so I'm not going to protect you and I think, and then that kind of leads into the meeting with uh, Frank Cosgrove in this episode where he's not going to distribute the heroin because yep. don't have the protection anymore. Yeah, doesn't have the local protection and his guys are you know going to be at risk. And, you know, there's there's a new sheriff in town and uh, it's not going to be as easy to, to, you know, play as like they were when uh, Nix was there. Yeah, for sure. Going into back to Wendy, we we see her meeting with um, I think his name is Jim, mm-hmm. her ex partner, business partner, or the political influencer. Yeah, the political advisor that yeah. she yeah you know, frequents. Yeah, who's yeah he's a lawyer. Yeah, lawyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so we they they meet. They have a conversation. Well, they talked on the phone. I think, but they start discussing what it's going to take for Wendy to buy elections. They settle basically $300 million, I think $150 million to start. Mm-hmm. The, is his name Jim? I can't remember his name. Yeah. Pretty Jim. sure it's Jim. Yeah. He's basically says oh, a couple years, you know, 150 million start. She's like, yeah. What he, about what about now? <laughs> yeah, you give me that by Christmas, you know, we could be talking, you know, yeah. landslide in five years. And she wants to move that timetable up. And so how realistic do you think that is in real life? I mean, I see the two to three year influence, like Definitely. election cycle, but for the birds to get that I- I- immediate influence, yeah. I, I think I think the lobbyists have already snatched up all the influence yeah, they've for already the next been bought for this election yeah like, all the commercials are already shot you know yeah. the super PACs have already done their piece yeah I, I i think it's a bit unrealistic i think so but it i mean it leads into an interesting really interesting way to go about getting the money with um uh, shaw pharmaceuticals right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. wendy going to meet with i think it's claire shaw who's taken over Shaw Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, she took over from her brother, and they you know, were basically blamed for the opioid crisis. 
um, the stock's not doing well, yep. the company has a lot of issues. And just why, you know, while we're on the topic, I think, you know, Wendy's trying to make inroads with her by talking about building rehab centers, you know, trying to get the money, but it's really not not working as well during the first meeting. Yeah, that they have. She mentions having to pay all these, you know, fines and things yeah. like that from all the, you know, the public fallout that the, you know, the pharma company faces after her brother brother basically accuses, you know, drug addicts for being the problem. Yeah, and so it that that was how the first meeting went. Yeah, and then they meet again later in the episode at the the riverboat casino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bell, the yep. bell. Mm-hmm. And then Marty comes in with the old digging into the numbers, the whole financial analysis, and basically calls them out for for being in a bad spot financially, even though they have new, some new drugs that they're supposed to bring to market that they bought from from another company. Yeah, some mergers, and, and then they're going to turn around and they're going to, you know, put the drugs on the market and then jack up the prices, yeah. right? And he's like, not not, not going to work in the long term, right? Yeah. It doesn't look good publicly. All those mergers and acquisitions. Yeah. But uh, Marty basically proposes that they can be the new, they can give them a new opium supply chain. Basically, basically having Navarro's opium production supplied in lieu of the legal FDA approved Tasmanian and Afghani Mm -hmm. poppy production. So same specs, same everything. He's already conveniently calculated that it's going to be $300 million in raw material savings. It'd be interesting to see, you know, me being a numbers guy and a supply chain guy. Yeah. I want to see nice, um, nice cost, really a uh, loss, loss analysis on that, a cost analysis, yeah. you know, put into Power BI and, <laughs> and all nice and pretty. Yeah, that'll be the next board meeting. Yeah. Presentation Marty put together. <laughs> yeah. But so it convinces her, you know, along with Wendy saying, like, you'll get the heroin off the streets of the addicts. Yeah. Uh, trying to appeal to that side but yeah think, you'll, you'll pull the supply from from the you know underground market yeah the addicts use and, and be putting it into pharmaceuticals hands i also thought it was funny that marty was like when they were first approaching this idea you know the manufacturing is done in tasmania and afghanistan but all the factories just happen to be in the ozarks <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so it's like you know that's one aspect i didn't think of is you know the raw material is produced out of country but they bring it over here and manufacture the, the opioids. Yeah. And it's one aspect that I certainly overlooked and was reminded of when watching the show. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess, I mean, I don't know much about Missouri, but it doesn't make sense to have a manufacturing plant in Missouri versus, like, Houston, New Orleans, you know, where a lot of the, the large port cities where you can bring in easier and not have that extra leg sorry i'm a logistics advisor for 20 (laughs) years so my brain starts working as 
Well, they're paying extra costs to get it yeah. to Missouri. There's, and, there's a reason for that. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we could go into supply chain stuff oh, all, all day, day. Yeah. but especially now with all supply chain issues in the U.S. But yep. I think, um, so they, they better pretty much secure the $300 million. Wendy's ready to go. Talks to Jim uh, about they're ready and starting to put out feelers and get them. It's interesting they mention, and I guess this makes sense from a political standpoint, Wisconsin, Missouri, Michigan, Ohio, and Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen from different election cycles, is I think more Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio are the swing states in every election. I wasn't that familiar with Missouri and Illinois being... Well, definitely in the last and, couple of elections. I mean, Illinois is pretty locked in with Chicago being... Yeah, you know, a, a blue city for the most part, but definitely Wisconsin and 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 those others. Yeah. I think have definitely been a swing state in the last 10, 12 years, and so it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit newer as opposed to Florida, how that was about twenty years ago. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's it's just interesting to see. I mean, we you see different cities and states have certain influences. Mm-hmm. Uh. We also get a lot of Jonah progress in this episode. We have Jonah basically telling his parents that he's washing money for uh, Ruth. He's got all his deliveries. Uh, he's got his <laughs> Amazon deliveries with his uh, laptops and cords to the garage. Yeah, yeah. Touch on that in the last episode. Yeah, he's he's you know he's getting a new rig in and uh, you know, he's he's going to work for Ruth and and washing money through the through the lazy O, right? Yeah, yeah. Think he's mining some Bitcoin there on the side too. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's got that. It's funny, of course. Wendy is not happy. Marty kind of sits there, and you can tell he's proud. He's got a proud look on his face. Oh yeah, washing it, washing laundering money at fifteen makes a dad proud. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's got a job. That's true. He's bringing in some money. Yeah. So I think. You know, with Jonah too, he has you know some confrontations with Wendy. Wendy tells him later on that he's on the wrong team, and Jonah's like, "What did you do with the sheriff's body? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you burn him like all the other rest?" <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and Wendy has nothing to say. I think it's an interesting dynamic because it's a it's a parent and a business partner almost, and from the parent side, you're trying to teach your kid mm-hmm. to do the right thing. But she's doing the wrong thing or the illegal thing or the unmoral thing all the time that her son is seeing. Oh, yeah. So Hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah, very hypocritical. In Jonah's eyes, yeah. Yeah, so we have um, the other going back to the uh, the young crew mm-hmm. with uh, the, the Schnell heroin money laundering crew. One of the one of the best lines of the episode that we we see, you have Darlene and Wyatt and Ruth talking about the business, and Darlene is talking about needing to sell more and more, and Ruth has a really good idea about not selling more, but selling is basically coming up with a marketing branding solution yeah to sell at a higher price which you know we see in everyday retail mm-hmm. you know a shirt from walmart versus 
a Gucci shirt or something, you're paying for the brand. Basically developing a hipster heroine yeah. that you can get some high rollers <laughs> to do. And they go in this whole thing about this, the the youth go on their nice, interesting commentary on, on, re, on branding the heroine and it leads to, I think, Wyatt saying farm to needle, yeah. which, yeah. which was just brilliant with as someone who eats at a lot of farm-to-table restaurants <laughs> in, in Houston, it's very, very uh, gauche. Yeah. It was, just, it was just a classic line. But I love how they're having this conversation, obviously. Dar- Darlene's not having any of it, right? <laughs> Old ways versus new ways. Yeah. But I love the setting. Yeah. They're having this conversation over breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a normal day on yeah. the farm, making some yeah. breakfast. Hey. This heroin thing. I got an idea. Let's make some money here. Let's make more money. Yeah. Let's push it on some hipsters. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's crazy. I think we could talk about all the day, uh, all day about they just go on with their lives. The, the birds eat dinner every night together at the table. Yeah. You know, no matter what. It, there's just so, the setting and all the stuff's happening is so crazy. Yep. Uh, we also have in this episode, we're going to talk about Agent Miller, but... She moves in with the birds. Yeah, she's had her baby. Yeah, had her baby. She's moved in with the birds because she's going to meet with Navarro. Yeah, she's got. She's got it. The, there's a three day window, and you get a half hour call before the plane lands. That's yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I it's, love that setting. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. It just makes it so more such more high stakes. Yeah, and more contentious that you know that shit's going to pop off at some point. With yeah, that. and you know, as we get into episode three, their meeting is kind of pretty pretty epic even though nothing really happens <laughs> with it uh so you know it, the episode ends with with her with them getting the the call at 5 a.m mm-hmm. um and basically she's starting to chicken out oh yeah she's definitely starting to backpedal yeah, yeah. it's real wendy's like all right see the baby in there yeah you don't go Huh, who knows what's gonna happen? Right? She's yeah. so ruthless. Yeah. No matter what. No punches pulled. It's it's your family or it's mine. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great way to end. Just one more thing going back that we didn't touch on before we moved to episode three. Javi, our man Javi, our boy Javi is back at it again. He just can't. He doesn't trust the, trust the birds. No. Nope. He just can't get enough. He he obviously we know he loves the Midwest. He loves Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah, he went to he went to business school at LU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. downtown Loyola. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He loves Chicago, right? We're yeah, LU. Yeah, yeah. LU. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, he's back at it again. You know, Navarro. He tells Navarro he's gonna go clean up his mess because Navarro's pissed mm-hmm. that he killed the sheriff. He goes back and he's like, "All right, Marty, we're gonna go clean up at the house for some reason." Yeah. Because the best thing to do is go back to the scene of a crime. <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense. And yeah. I have a question. Don't you think that cartels have like a cleaning service? Or or at least someone on the inside that goes and cleans up? I mean like the wolf in Pulp Fiction who shows up and and brings new clothes to John Travolta and Sam Jackson, you know? I mean there's they've gotta have a cleaning service. Well, yeah, and I think even in John Wick, there was a cleaning service for Keanu Reeves after he yeah. got finished shooting up a whole place. But I love how it all went down, and 
Was it? A, is it still the time jump? Did they really wait two weeks to go clean up the blood? I can't remember, but it was. Yeah. It, it, the time is a little fuzzy for me. <laughs> that's where in this episode the time is a little off because you would think if they waited, that they wouldn't. It has to be almost pretty quick because they know the private investigator is there. They know Wendy or not Wendy. Uh, Helen is mm-hmm. missing. They wouldn't have taped off and searched the house and. Yeah done a forensics on it yeah so i mean i guess no one filed missing persons or whatever then maybe they didn't do it but it just seems odd that yeah they're there marty's cleaning and then oh, the sheriff shows up where they're there and of course javi wants to whack her because oh, yeah he just wants to kill everybody yeah but he, he just he just you know fixes problems and and he sees this as a new problem and marty does his best to bullshit his way out of you know her getting killed and him having to explain why why he's there cleaning, but it just you know, seems a bit of a gap for me because <laughs> he killed Nick. There's blood all over the front, all over the yeah. door and the window, and it just seems like they left her for a couple of days. But that's yeah, just I can't believe that Navarro likes having him in the organization if he's leaving messes around, and he would just leave that. He brings the sheriff over, but they don't clean up. Yeah, you know, and Navarro's like, "Oh, get Marty, get the blood off the walls." Like, <laughs> yeah. How's he not running the Los Angeles territory? I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just go live it up in L.A. for a little bit. Why do you want to live in Chicago? You know, yeah. like, that's the Midwest. It's cold. Go live in L.A. You can have a nice Beverly Hills house. Yeah, Navarro's going to take care of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an ego thing, right? But Yep. So that's kind of episode two in a nutshell. I'm sure we miss miss a few things, but we'll move along to episode three called yeah. City on the Make. Yeah. And... This was definitely a, a very, very kind of jittery episode, and it starts off with Navarro, with the whole, I really loved the Agent Miller, Maya Miller, mm-hmm. being in the Suburban with the bag over her head. Oh, yeah. And just the viewpoint from her, her bag and seeing the whole process of getting onto the plane to see uh, Navarro. So I love that he was on the plane. He was waiting and he had like a bowl of fruit yeah, salad. He's, he was like, please yeah, eat. Yeah, I yeah. had some pineapples and <laughs> strawberries. Yeah. Like, very, very casual setting for him and she's just like, this guy could kill me. Yeah. And he's just like, please, have some fruit. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a li- nice light breakfast, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I kept wondering like, what airport they were at or what airfield (laughs) how far did they drive does he have an agreement with this airspace like how does he get through without the u.s i'm sure the planes registered oh yeah someone i'm sure helen took care of that before she got off yeah yeah that's why you hire good lawyers and good right you know stuff like that so that was a interesting meeting i thought agent miller held her own I think they, the 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 part where they were talking about the FBI looks at you as, you know, killing is killing him is inconvenient, or you're not even noticed by the FBI. Mm-hmm. You know, basically as far as the cartel is concerned. So I think she kind of plays it pretty well. She kind of lays out what they need. To have from him, I think uh, concessions. Putting in prison, yeah, putting in prison while the 
product destroyed their weapons and then all the u.s citizens that were killed Mm -hmm. um so of course navarro is just you know he's not gonna concede all that and he kind of just stonewalls it and she's like all right peace yeah i'm I'm leaving the plane she just gets up and walks off yeah and which is a really bold move because he could have just oh yeah her there yeah no one knows that she's there except Mm -mm. marty except the birds yeah yeah, the birds and they're not gonna do anything so yep um i thought it was really cool shot of her leaving in the suburban with her head in the window it reminded me of like yeah like scenes from succession and mr robot yeah just like off-centered camera shots which yeah, yeah. are really nice thematically compared mm-hmm. to standard television so yeah you know you see the plane coming up behind the car and her head just out the window and it's like you just see on her face it's like i made it out alive yeah i don't know how <laughs> yeah. so I now, thought, yeah she's like i made it out alive now what the hell am i gonna do yeah yeah and you see that later on in the episode kind yeah. of so, is she? Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Her character. Is it a great character, Agent Miller? I don't. I don't know. I I don't really like her character. Yeah. But I think she does a good job as in the character in the role. Yeah. As yeah. an actress. As an actress, yeah. I think the I'm character just, is underdeveloped for me. It's, I, un, it's it's underdeveloped. And. At least in this care, season. Yeah. I don't care what happens to her. No, yeah. You know, I don't have anything invested yeah. in her. Yeah, so there's no stakes. There's yeah. no stakes. So, like, to me, we've seen in previous seasons characters with children being killed. Sure. <laughs> uh, Zeke's parents. Oh, my gosh. The that was brutal. pastor yeah. and the wife. Hey, you, so, mean, you mean Darlene's son? <laughs> yeah, Darlene's son. Adopted yeah. son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... In the end, this is going to sound really bad, but if she would have been killed and the birds raised a baby, it wouldn't have been... No. Nothing would have changed. It wouldn't have been shocking for me because no. I have nothing invested in that character. And it's like, to me, it's like a faceless FBI agent. Yeah, pretty much. Because she's not embedded in the organ. It's not, you know, a classic kind of Donnie Brasco gangster kind of movies where you have someone on the inside a rat or whatever departed yeah it gets brought down from the inside yep so here with agent miller that's gonna bring it down from the outside it doesn't make sense to me and i guess that's why the character doesn't really make sense to me yeah they're selling her as this character that's you know marty keeps telling her i think in this episode that you know she could be the one when she was you know getting nervous and backing out yeah. of going i think she she <laughs> they keep selling her on the fact that she could be the agent that brings this whole thing down and i just don't buy it yeah same here it, that to me if she's going to bring everything down it's going to be <clears throat> kind of weak in in my eyes yeah. i think the logical conclusion is someone fucking up to bring everything yeah. down. She's going to get lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It's luck because she's there. Yeah. Tax evasion. Somebody's going to get pinched and they're going to rat. And we know, I mean, Marty 
and even Jonah are not getting red flags on the software. Yeah. So from the laundering perspective, that's where I think you and I talked either offline or before someone's going to flip, you know, that knows, knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything the FBI can bring this down, bring the whole thing down. So I don't know. I think, um, another interesting thing in this, <laughs> Oh, one thing Navarro says, he says it multiple times in the episode. And he says it to Agent Miller. And he also says it to Marty later on. You don't win until I win. Yeah. He says that multiple times this episode. And I think he's starting to feel... He's starting to put the pressure on because he feels the pressure from Javi, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And he's just tired of being involved in this life. I, so. I, I like that, you know, you don't win... Unless I win, you saying that just reminded me. It's like they all are at a poker table. Yeah, and they all think they're playing their own hand. Yeah, except Navarro has bought all the seats. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh man, uh, uh, I'm gonna win this hand," and he's like, "Eh, I'm the one paying for this anyway." So yeah. it, Navarro, it really doesn't matter what happens Navarro, to you. Navarro owns the casino. <laughs> yeah, like, right? I mean, he's yeah. he's he holds all the cards yep. I think I mean because in the end in the end he has two choices he's gonna either be able to get out mm -hmm. on his terms or he's gonna end up dead yeah and those are the only only really two outcomes for him but he control he has the guns he has the yeah. drugs he has the money he controls the situation because he can always find someone else to monitor, launder money you can oh, sure. flip somebody you can always do whatever yep so like agent miller marty they don't hold any cards really nope. i think navarro has started has trusted the birds which could be good could be bad we'll see what happens yep yeah, they're obviously doing a good job for him at the moment so or at least in the past <laughs> yeah so I think um, it's also interesting, more Jonah stuff in this episode, or even, you know, another thing at the beginning why Agent Miller's going, is on the plane, Wendy's digging, and I'm like, what is she digging? She's yeah. digging. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So later we find out she's making a some kind of weird shrine to yeah. Ben. Yeah. And, you know, Charlotte basically pulls Jonah out. He's like, hey, mom wants to see us outside. It's like, look at my great shrine to Ben. <laughs> yeah. Because she doesn't have the ashes anymore. Nope. So she's trying to make a shrine, trying to win back, I guess, Jonah's um, love or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, or get him back it, in her good graces. Acknowledge, you know, the fact that, you know, she screwed up to a degree yeah. and that, you know, we need to include Jonah because you know he feels like he's the only one mourning and so she creates this shrine to him and you know you can write it whatever you want and then burn it and then he'll have it and jonah's like yeah but his ashes are over it at roots so why yeah. would i come to this when i could actually go hang out with ben in an another sense yeah yeah oh and and basically you know charlotte is mini wendy trying to convince him <laughs> yeah. and jonah's like 
piss off. You killed him. You're trying to yeah. make yourself feel better. Yeah. And I love how they take after each parent. Oh, it's Charlotte's just like Wendy. Jonah's just like Marty. Yeah, yeah. love that. It's uncanny. It leads to more tension with Jonah and Wendy. Wendy, baller move, MVP of the episode, goes and cuts the power to the garage (laughs) where Jonah, we see, has this nice rig set up that he got at the beginning of the episode. He's laundering money doing a test run. Thankfully, it was a test run for their, their sake. And she cuts the power off right there, puts a lock on the power. It was like, <laughs> now what are you going to do? It's a bold move. Yeah, but that's a, that's a bold move, Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> Another Jason Bateman, Bateman yeah. call out. Dodgeball. Yeah, great. Yeah. That's right. I didn't even think about it. That was, uh, that was him that said it. Yeah. Uh, so I think Jonah goes from the being the MVP, telling his mom, you know, off about the Ben stuff. Like, it doesn't make up. You know, doing a good thing doesn't make up for all the bad things. That's kind of another theme as well. And uh, so then Jonah becomes, or Wendy becomes the MVP again by just, it's all right, I'm going to cut you off. Um, and later on, they go to the hotel, or Ruthie comes to pick him up, and they start taking all the stuff at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm going, She's going to fall into the hotel and cut the power to the hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she didn't. I was like, man, if she does that, that'd be major boss move right there. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they go to the hotel, start working out of there. One, one thing, you know, watching these couple episodes, and even just Ozark in particular, Marty has a robe on, like, every night. Like, yeah. Do people still wear robes like that? Do you wear a robe? I have a robe. I don't wear it as much as Marty does, but yeah, I think every scene that we see Marty, either you know he's going to bed or he's getting yeah. his first cup of coffee in the day, you know, he's, he's got that robe putting on. on the robe, taking off the robe. I'm, <laughs> robe. I'm like, okay, I'm probably about his age in the show, maybe a little younger. I don't think I've worn a robe, but a few times he's always worn a robe. Yeah, I don't know. That's funny. It's just weird. That was one of these random thoughts that popped in my head. Um, Major, major point in the episode. They're gonna back to the Shaw Medical mm-hmm. Group. They're gonna do a test of the of Navarro's heroin. Yep. Or opium, and Javi volunteers to be the to take the test to take the test sample. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, later on we see that. Javi shows up for that. Like, the, why does Navarro greenlight it? Why does he have Javi take the, the test sample? It doesn't, for me, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, why not just have a courier or a trusted guy when you know Javi's he's aiming for, the, for but, the throne? I mean, I guess from a standpoint of they've kind of set Javi up as legitimate. You know, he has a business degree from sure. LU. He yeah. can travel freely. Yeah, he's a public face, right? He's a public face. Yeah. And, but pretty much, you see Shaw, they kind of realize that he's like part of the cartel. You know, it's not, it's an interesting 
thing. If I'm Navarro, do I trust him to send it, or does he not care about this deal? You know, with with Shaw. I mean, it's more Marty's deal, but it also is good for them. And Shaw was there, right? Claire yeah. was at the testing, yeah, and I love how she's like the head of this big pharma, and she's like, "I'm going to go out to this this barn, this and... rundown <clears throat> factory in Missouri, yeah. and I'm and I'm going to play with my chemistry set." You know, I don't have a board meeting or anything going on back yeah. in Chicago, but I'm going to hang out with a casino owner and obviously a cartel's nephew. Yeah, I think that's a. I mean, this whole sequence where Javi shows up with the sample while Marty's waiting for the guy talking to Claire and basically tells Claire that he's the face of the deal. Yeah. And Marty's like, you know, has Marty thrown it back because mm-hmm. he had no idea Javi was going to come and Javi keeps showing up. I think Javi is just taking as much rope as as, as Omar is going to give out. And Jason Bateman, you know, Marty is like, oh my gosh, this guy is going to just take over. He's going to kill Navarro, right? But I think I think Omar's just letting him take as much slack as he wants and then he's just going to he's gonna pull the rope back on him. Really yeah, I hard. think, well, I think he's letting, letting Javi hang himself. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like he's setting, like, he can't really shut him down because it's his sister's son no, or no. whatever. And he's kind of a legitimate face in the organization. And in the end, he'll, um, he wants him out, but he can't do it. No. So he knows Javi, he thinks more of himself than he really is. And I think, like you said, he's letting him, leaving that rope mm-hmm. that he'll eventually hang himself on, I think. But I thought it was interesting. He tells Claire that she's a he's a first gringo that he's ever met whose family's killed more than his. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No, that, that was, was pretty, the best line. Yeah, that was another great line. <laughs> in this ep- it, it, that was the greatest line of this episode. Yeah. Um, we also have the Darlene pushing the hipster heroin in this episode against mm-hmm. Darlene's wishes. Yep, and. She even goes to the manufacturing site and says, no, it's back on. Yep. They just roll with her. I mean, I would think they would question Darlene. They would go to Darlene and say what's going on. As ruthless as Darlene is, you're going to take Ruth's say? Yeah. Right? I would rather take an ash chewing from Darlene than get killed for Darlene for going against her wishes. Yeah, for sure. Just (laughs) saying. Because she could just just blow up the... uh, She wouldn't think twice about it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, all right, guys, we're starting over. We yeah. We're hiring some new employees. Go bury that body. Yeah. And get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, Wyatt. Let's go take care of our son. Yeah. And, it, you know, Darlene pursues it. Uh, the Chicago chef that she met with last yep. episode comes in town, buys it. Which they, we bypass, yeah. you know, when, the, when she went to Chicago to meet the chef, yeah. you know, Ruth did a little... A little bit of heroin yeah. herself, right? Not, is that the first time she's done it? It is. Okay, that's and what I, I thought. Yeah. And I love how in earlier episodes, Darlene has mentioned, I think when Wyatt first moved onto the farm, she told him, you can do whatever you want, but nobody living on this farm does any other drugs. Do you think Wyatt's doing, like, he's looking worse and worse. Like, he's looking oh, he looks, pale. He looks like shit, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking he's dipping into it, too. I he, don't know. He might. I mean, we saw how out of control he got when his dad died. Yeah. And then he started, you know, seeing his dad in a ghost form to a degree. Yeah. But I, I think Ruth taking the first 
bite of it, I think is only going to just get worse well, and worse. Yeah, and especially if, you know, we see later on the episode, the Chicago crew comes, they're looking for a place to party with it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, we're in the Ozark, so, like, come <laughs> to the trailer. Yeah. And, you know, you know she's probably taking a pinch oh, yeah. off of that. And I think the more is she gets caught up and caught she gets caught up in this with this crew you know she'll get does that drug getting high off your own supply is mm-hmm. that gonna bring bring the operation down as well yeah it, it's, it's definitely the hook you know it, I, I think she's the taking the hook yeah yeah and then when Darlene confronts her and I think Darlene has no choice because I know Ruth hands her the money and of course that kind of changes Darlene's tone mm-hmm. but I think I think Darlene recognizes sees herself and, and Ruth oh yeah and I think that part of it is almost like the how Marty's proud of Jonah for the money laundering yeah I think Darlene's like alright now I got like a ballsy somebody just as ruthless yeah. almost as me and somebody who can separate what people want versus what they need yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So then the chef comes to town, right? Yeah. And this is the episode where they take him to the farm, or is that episode? No, that two? was episode two. It was yeah. episode two. We kind of we kind of glossed over. Yeah. Him going to the farm. Which I, I love that game. whole yeah. shop talk, and well, you know, we got soybeans growing in the yeah. back over here. What about edible edible yeah. flowers? Is there a market like, for that? Get the hell out of here! <laughs> yeah. Darlene's and like, I've had it's like what? She's my girlfriend. Yeah. It's Which like, I made a note that I, I'm, I'm glad the chef was like. They're dating? And I was like, oh, yeah. oh thank God, I'm not the only one. Yeah, like, everybody. Somebody finally said something, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a whole other topic altogether. Oh, yeah. Um, when they're hanging out, too, at the trailer, and they're, like, giving three a hard time about his name. It's like, <laughs> Dale, Hart, Dale Hernard Jr. was number three. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't just stereotype the trailer part. Like right. This. But at least we get some context. Besides three being, I guess, the third one of the group yeah. with his name. But um, I guess so the kind of last, and this, this this was the biggest question to me, and I haven't watched ahead. So, you know, they leave, they're leaving the farm, uh, Claire Shaw, mm-hmm. and they're getting their phones back. And Javi says, oh, I missed this call, the gun shipment got moved up mm-hmm. leads Marty to call Navarro and wants him to to tip off Agent Miller about the gun shipment yep then we see the FBI raid where some reason Agent Miller is also there on um, location on location yeah where is this gun shipment how did she get there so quick it, she's uh, on maternity leave right yeah she's on maternity leave yeah she's like oh I'm back for this for this op, guys. Let's let's go take down some yeah. some weapons. Yeah, I need to be there to open this box of weapons. Right? Yeah. So they stop the truck. They go in. I was surprised to see actual weapons in there. I kept yeah. thinking that it was going to be empty or it was going to be. Oh, I thought it was a ploy to, to smoke out Marty for sure. And my hobby. I'm still. So that's where because they're at dinner in Chicago with Javi and Charlotte. Charlotte went, they went to talk to Helen's daughter, and she told them 
basically that her mom was dead mm-hmm. and that it was a cartel and that's why it was a cartel. We kind of glossed over the that story, but that wasn't that interesting to me. But it'll no. probably come back and bite them somehow. Yeah. But they're at dinner and Javi's teaching Charlotte how to slurp down an oyster in the most creepiest. Uh, perverted way possible. right in front of her parents her parents yeah oh you're gonna love college yeah you're gonna love it yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like jeez, like, dude yeah he has no boundaries whatsoever yeah he's and, he's omar's nephew he's gonna do what he wants and yeah he doesn't give a shit who and they're just sitting there and like they can't do anything no. and then then he gets a call yep but when he's talking it's nothing really it's not about the the bust, right? I mean, is that how you interpret it? I took it as yeah, as the bust. Okay. Yeah. As soon as it went down, yeah, it, and something went wrong, he got a call. Yeah, he got a call, but they really didn't. Yeah, you know, didn't say unless they were talking in code. But he comes back and says, "Your business, you know, like toast, and your business is now my business, mm-hmm. and my business is your business, mm-hmm. or something like that." I don't, I kind of got maybe a little confused on with, with the whole thing. Was it a setup or, I mean, I know it was guns, but did they do it just to see, did Javi set it up and tell him just to see if Marty would turn on him? And I guess he knew that Marty is uh, selling out to Navarro. And I guess was, is Javi... Does Javi now respect that because he's loyal to Navarro? You know, that the birds are loyal to Navarro because he doesn't like the birds and he thinks that they're... He's trying to find a weak point. I think he's... Yeah, I think he's looking for, for weaknesses and it, and, and leaks. I think yeah. that's what he's trying to do. I I think he does have some, some loyalty to, to Omar, but I, I think it's to an end. I'll be yeah. loyal to you, but I'm taking over. Yeah. And he'll he'll do what it takes. But I, I, I don't necessarily think it was a test. I think it was a slip-up by him to accidentally mention it yeah. in front of Marty. And then Marty just happened to use it to gain trust with Agent Miller. And I don't think Javi realizes that yet. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was two really good episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to watching four and five. Yep. So for me, like I said, I've been watching them as we've been talking about them. So... There's seven in the first half? Yeah, there's seven episodes in part one of season four, and then we'll see another seven, I believe it is, in, in the second part. But I think I think these two episodes, you know, were kind of climactically driving toward this massive ending, whatever yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. But I think, you know, each character is starting to splinter off into yeah. their own specialties. I mean, yeah. Ruth is kind of getting into the heroin a little bit, and she's got a chef buddy, yeah. and, you know... Jonah is really not Jonah, but White is really investing in his relationship with Darlene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know Wendy is tapping into her power of political yeah. control from her past, and you know I think people are starting to splinter off. It's it's just going to explode at some point. If this is the setting of each hook, Jonah yeah. gets into washing money. You know Ruth's got into heroin. And, and Charlotte is kind of becoming more like her mom and, and, yeah. and becoming threatening. And I think this is where people really start to lose who they really, you know, who they were in the first three seasons. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. I think 
you know, just one other comment for, for me is, you know, I had a lot of notes about Wendy, and I think she's got her own thing with the political and the foundation. Mm -hmm. But she's just trying to pile good on top of good on top of good. Yeah. To try to offset all the bad things that she does. For sure. But you can't bury bad forever. No. And it's going to bubble to the surface. You can only pile so much so high before it landslides. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's her motivation, you know, is her moral compass is just trying to make up for all the ruthless stuff that she's doing. So Mm -hmm. it'll Mm -hmm. be interesting to see how, you know, she wants to go clean, but she doesn't. I think when she builds up political capital and that money... That may be her goal, but it doesn't offset no having her brother killed, having other multiple other people killed, um, and I think if you look back at everybody, pretty majority of people the birds interact with end up dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, so. Yeah. yeah, the Ruth's uncles, like oh half gosh. of Ruth's family, her dad. Her, yeah, her yeah. Dad. Wendy had her dad killed. Yeah. The, um, Wendy's brother, the oh pastor, um, there's multiple people. Anybody caught in their orbit just yeah explodes. Yeah, which at the beginning of the show you would never the big if you know first season first few episodes you would never expect. No, so, yeah, um, but yeah, so you know that kind of wraps up Ozark season four episodes two and three. Next week we're gonna talk about Ozark episode four and five. And then probably the following week, we'll hit six and seven. I'm looking to and, forward to seeing how it, it closes out for the first part. Yeah. You know, if we go through two episodes at a time, I think it's going to be really good. And then we, we got to tee up for the second part, which I think is going to drop in about three or four months from now. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait to watch the rest. And then, um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to talk TV and everything TV and, um, you know, keep dropping episodes every friday and maybe we'll drop some bonus and some special episodes as we go along so just want to thank you guys for kicking it with us and hope you enjoyed it and look forward to talking to you guys next week and be sure to uh, subscribe to us on spotify and apple podcasts peace this episode of can we kick it was brought to you by usa ninja challenge webster visit their website today at www.ninjawebster.com dot com for more details.